Again, this is in the context when they have just crossed the Jordan River to enter the promised land. It's recorded this way. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That you may fear the Lord your God forevermore. A picture of the redemption of God to be remembered. I think we see in this brief picture of Joshua another memorable event, a moment. This picture was something the people of Israel, they had long anticipated, didn't they? If you know the story of of God delivering the people of Israel, they were about to enter the promised land. They, They couldn't wait to set foot on that land that they had been guaranteed would be theirs. They remember the dramatic crossing. Remember that of the Red Sea, how God parted the, the sea and destroyed Egypt and all his soldiers, Pharaoh as well. And they had been talking about that for 40 years. And as you might know, they weren't supposed to be talking about it for 40 years, were they? They were supposed to have been already in the promised land. Instead, instead, their unbelief, their rebellion, their forgetfulness, it cost them a generation of lives who would not see the land. Most of that generation died in the wilderness, and now Joshua would lead this new generation home. At this point, God, think about it, in this story, God wanted a tangible reminder to be for all generations of what he had done and what he was about to do again. Twelve stones representing the twelve tribes of Israel were to be set up for all to see. I want you to take twelve stones symbolically of my people and set them aside for what this day has done. And do you see what was the primary reason that those stones would be there? As a visible reminder, it's right there in verse 21. Joshua says, God declares this, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? What is this memorable thing? What is it supposed to mean? Dad, would you tell me what these mean? The story of God's redemption is something we should never tire of. We should always love to be hearing about it. The Bible really is the greatest story ever told. Because it is one reminder after another of who God is, who you are, 
and how much he loves you. The early tradition of remembering, as you might know, was mainly through oral description, storytelling. It wasn't through scrapbooks or ancient writings, but through people sharing stories. Whether it was sitting at a father's lap asking questions about a pile of rocks or or hearing tales of, of God's great power and love, you couldn't talk about it enough. Son, can I tell you what happened? (laughs) It was unbelievable, my son. God parted the waters. Yes, whether it was celebrating Passover, setting up stones, or declaring Jesus' victory over the grave, to always remember and remind the next generation. We should be a people who love to remember. And I suggest to you one lesson to be learned is this. When God does something significant in your life personally or corporately as a body of Christ, I would suggest it must be celebrated and remembered, right? I hope the people who just took their vows don't ever forget. (laughs) I hope you as a body of believers receiving these new members don't ever forget this day. It was pretty significant in the lives of people who've been touched by Jesus. The application is pretty clear for you and I as members of Third Reformed Presbyterian Church as you enter yet another new season. And I can testify, having been close to you all since day one, I can testify that the Lord has done significant things to you personally as well as corporately. In a real sense, brothers and sisters, we are not the same as we were just a few years ago, right? It's really different, yes, by COVID stuff, but also by the blessings of God. We had these limitations, but God has been faithful in sustaining us materially, growing us spiritually. Yes, it's been a struggle, but it's a good struggle in the sense that Jesus has definitely been carrying on in terms of reminding us of who he is. And I would suggest to you, as an example of this, that what has been significant for you as a church is the same for all of us who claim the name Christian. That this book, this story, this risen king that we talk about, there is common factors that, that should be a part of every professing Christian in every church. And there are a number of things we are called to remember, but let me suggest three that I think are essential to appreciate our redemption and the work of Jesus in particular. And these, I believe, are are hallmarks of third church, yes. And it's because I heard about this. Let me tell you, before I even came here, I heard about some of these things before I came. And I can tell you they've been confirmed since I've been here. Let me suggest to you to truly remember the Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate What is essential for you and I to have as part of our lives personally and corporately and what has been that part of it here at Third? The first is this. One thing is to remember, remember the word of God. When I came here talking with Daniel Schrock a lot, it was clear to me that the Bible was was very important to you. The word of God is critical. There are never empty or idle words that come from the mouth of God. You know, to forget his word, think about it, to forget his word and his promises 
is to live a life of confusion and disappointment. The Bible is that important. As Joshua was about to lead God's people into the promised land, I'm sure Joshua took time to remember what Moses told him. Words of promise and warning that God gave to be remembered and passed on to the next generation. You can't appreciate Resurrection Sunday unless you appreciate the word of God. We as, we as parents, for example, what is our highest calling, brothers and sisters, as parents? Our calling is to pass on principles of life and learning to our children so that when they become adults, nothing is more important to remember than the word of God. My child, no matter what I've taught you, everything else What's the most important? You must remember the word of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Wouldn't you love to have every child of God, every child of every parent, have that seared, not only in their mind, in their hearts. I've got to trust whatever God says. That's what's important in life. Well, friends, we we see that remembering God's word is a powerful foundation to glorifying God in his resurrected son. That's the first thing that was, was declared that I heard by way of reputation, but that I saw clearly when I came. The second is, is to remember this, the importance of remembering his spirit, his spirit, the spirit of God, the presence of God. Let's not gloss over that, friends. Many professing Christians and even churches today, sadly, they're a testimony to what Paul declares in one of his letters when he said this, many churches, many people have the form of godliness, but deny the power, the power therein. The Israelites were called to remember what God did. And throughout their travels, his power was often manifested significantly, both in judgment and in blessing. This power was a manifestation of his spirit. Oh, brothers and sisters, you who have been seeking the Lord through his word have been a people who've been empowered by his spirit. I believe you here at Third are striving to put into practice what Paul teaches in Galatians 5, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. What is that Spirit? It's the resurrected Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. Where is the power? I have personally can attest to you, brothers and sisters, I have seen, I have seen the Spirit of God at work in many of you personally, as well as this church body. People's lives, as we've seen here testify, are being touched and being changed. And it's not, it is not because of you and me. Did you see that? It's because of the presence of Jesus. It is not because you're a nice person You do nice things. You welcome people. That's all well and good. But please don't take credit. (laughs) Why is somebody changed 
to the point where they say, I want that Savior in my life. They can't say, it's because of you, thank you. (laughs) It's because of the power and the presence of the Spirit of God in this place. Never forget, this is a work of God, and we are instruments through which his power is made known. Don't ever forget, it's not something you and I do. It's what God does by his spirit. So we have that word to remember. We have that spirit, but finally and most significantly, you and I are called to remember his son. Remember his son. Don't ever forget. When I say remember, I'm saying don't ever forget his son. You know, you can forget a lot of things when it comes to the Christian life, but you must never forget That the Bible, from beginning to end, really is about Jesus, the Son of God. Don't ever forget that this story is culminated from beginning to end in the person and work of Jesus. The Word became flesh, remember, and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You will never, you will never know God apart from his Son. And what he did for you on that cross, without his life, without his death, without his resurrection, there is no hope for you. For me, it's that serious. You have no hope. I have no hope apart from the Son of God. Oh, don't ever forget, what are we celebrating today? Perhaps the greatest event in the history of the world. The resurrection of the Son of God. He is risen. Let's do that again. He is risen. What a place to celebrate. What a person to celebrate. Oh, brothers and sisters, to remember is to not forget. Think about it. The people of Israel had their greatest problems when they forgot to remember. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. One of my seminary professors used to say they had had spiritual amnesia. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. It's not funny. It's really not funny to forget Jesus. Don't forget the Son of God. What we are remembering, friends, is not part of a sentimental journey here at the Third Reformed Church. Rather, we are celebrating what the Lord has done and will continue to do. You as followers of Jesus here, you have heeded the call of his spirit. And in obedience to his word, think about it, your history, you have sought to bring the good news of his son to the lost here on Byberry Road. You've got a history of that. This is not a scrapbook memory. It's a living memory of what the Lord has done in and through you. And it should be, it should be one of the things you talk about often, and especially with the next generation. So let's continue to remember what what has been the foundation of this church for generations. Let's keep remembering God's word, God's spirit, 
and God's Son. And let me conclude by a suggestion of a couple observations here regarding that. And it's simply this, the resurrected Jesus, the resurrected Jesus will never forget what goes on here at Third Reformed Church. He loves you. He loves you. And he's listening now. (laughs) He's watching now. He loves you. His church is being built up. And his name and life is being remembered in this place. Feeble and broken though we are, God is working. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, remembrance is one of the greatest themes in all of Scripture. And there's many examples that we can see from beginning to end. Let me highlight and conclude with two worth remembering. And it's all centered on that Son of God, Jesus himself. Do you remember the incident when he was dying on that cross with two thieves next to him? Some of you recall that those two thieves were dying while he was dying. And the three of them are watching their lives fade away. One of the thieves started denouncing Jesus and, and he was crying out. He was cynical and he was telling Jesus, look, if you are the son of God, do something and get us down from here. What are you doing just standing there dying? The other thief acknowledged, acknowledged his own condition, acknowledged his rightful condemnation. And he also acknowledged the Savior. There is something about Jesus. And you remember what that thief said to Jesus. One of the last conversations before Jesus' death and resurrection that Jesus had with a human. That thief said, Lord, here's a sinner's prayer. Lord, would you remember me? Would you remember me? Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And then what did Jesus say? Jesus said to him, truly, while he's dying, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. In other words, think about what Jesus was saying to this man. I will never forget you. I will never forget you. Isn't that the cry of everyone's heart? I want to be remembered. Brothers and sisters, most of us in this world are going to be forgotten, if not already. We're going to be forgotten, aren't we? The majority of people will be forgotten. What's the most important? What's the most important thing? To be remembered by God through his mercy. That guy said, just Jesus, would you please remember me? I'll never forget you. The second thing was what we would celebrate. And by the way, we're not doing the Lord's Supper, as I told you. Sorry. But Jesus at the last supper, the last time he was going to have a meal with these men, he had invested his life. Who was, he was remembering them. Do you remember what he did? He takes that cup, that blood, that bread, that body, and he instructs them to eat it. But he ends with what? Every time you do this, what? Do this in remembrance. Don't forget me. 
That's all he's asking you to do. When you come to the Lord's Supper, Jesus is saying, just remember me. It's not about you. (laughs) It's about me remembering you. I love you and I will never forget you. So as often as you do this, just remember me. I too, I too will remember long and well this precious gift that you have given me and Bev in this season of life. I have shared with some of you, but not fully, just how much of an answer to prayer this church has been. Many of you know I was in between ministry when Daniel Schrock came to me and asked me to be your interim pastor. And I thought, hey, that's nice. It's a sweet little church. I've been there before. And I thought it'll be nice just to fill in and not be overwhelmed. I didn't want to be overwhelmed. But I was overwhelmed. (laughs) I was overwhelmed. Not with the burden but with the blessing of the brothers and sisters at Third Reformed Church. You really, I love you people, but you really have no idea what this has meant to my soul and my life in these past few weeks. I have been richly, richly renewed in bringing God's word and personally blessed by his spirit. It's not just perpetuating a religious movement. The spirit of Jesus has worked through you in my life. Thanks be to God. I don't have altars of stone uh, to, to recall this, but I do have pictures in my mind, tangible things of how God's used this life and ministry here at Third Reform. Whether it was singing Christmas carols on a cold December night in the neighborhood or acting out some strange role in vacation Bible school. Let's not go there. Um, and then those dinners at the Dysons. Who can beat that? Amen? I mean, it's just... What sweet memories. But I also, I also want you to know, I have a clear, powerful reminder when I accepted the call to be your minister, not just interim, but your minister. Here's one of them. It's a picture of me standing in front of this pulpit with my family. I, it's on my desk. I look at it every day. I remember. I don't want to forget. Why? Because Jesus has blessed me. So many memories, so many cherished relationships. I want to say thank you to all of you for your love and acceptance. But let me say in your face and in your lives, thanks most of all to our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, who made this relationship, this love possible. And to tell you, he has a future and a hope. And I want you to be excited about what God is about to do in the season of Third Reformed Church because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And may Jesus Christ be praised. Amen? Amen. With that in mind, let's celebrate our Savior. But let's pray together first. Father, thank you that you have blessed us with riches beyond understanding, with memories of your faithfulness, personally and collectively. But thank you most of all for the memory, the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. So God, have your way, not only this day, but in this season, 
in this church, God, thank you for how you have blessed it. But Lord, it's just the beginning of a new season you have by your spirit. Great renewal and power brings salvation to bear. And we thank you in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.